The opinions expressed in the following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. Family-owned Paranormal Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast, located at 901 Gazan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300. Hello everybody, this is Brandon Jose. Welcome to another episode of the Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Podcast. Uh, tonight's guest is going to be Tommy Tombstone from the YouTube channel Tommy Among the Tombstones. Um, I have my co-host with me, Kim Colleen, and our new co-host, Tanya. Well, you can say your last name. because <laughs> I know, you still haven't got it. <laughs> Nobody can pronounce your name. Sager. Okay, I'll we'll get, get it. it. I'll, I should be able to get That's it next time, but I need to hear it yeah. a few times. <laughs> yeah. It's two German names. Somewhere. Yeah. Well, welcome, Tommy. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so like uh, what Brandon was saying, I'm Tommy Tombstone. Uh, I have a YouTube account um, called Tommy Amongst the Tombstones. Um, I recently actually to narrow it down, I've been doing investigations, paranormal investigations, that is, um, since 2020. Um, when I first started YouTube, um, I primarily did short films. Uh, I, I used to have an old YouTube account since 2009. Um, so I did a lot of short films and stupid little shorts on there. And then uh, uh, I went through high school, took a digital media class, did a lot of video stuff with that. And then it wasn't until high school, like later on in high school, I kind of got back into it. Um, and then it got like, okay, I'm going all over the place, but when 2020 hit and COVID hit, um, I was, I was kind of, you know, stuck with what I was going to do for my YouTube channel. So I was like, uh, generally the guys I do short films with all live in different States. So I was like, what am I going to do for content? So I was already, I've, 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 uh, start. I've always been interested in, uh, the paranormal stuff. So I decided to check out some cemeteries and do kind of like some vloggy type videos. Mm -hmm. So I did about like two or three that, that uh, spring and uh, it kind of died out and I went back into the short film stuff. So it wasn't uh, until 2021, the summer of 2021, I believe it was like the day before the 4th of July, because I specifically remember this, we did a cemetery uh, Munchkin land um, here in Michigan. Um, so I started off there, didn't have any gear. And then it kind of just progressed over time, going to different cemeteries where I got more involved with it and, uh, you know, invested into some gear. Um, and then I met Drew uh, from Living Histories Mysteries, um, did a couple of collaboration videos with him. And then like it just from here on then it was like, boom, um, I fell in love with it. So uh, that's kind of like where I'm at now. And uh, but yeah, uh, also, if I didn't mention, uh, I am a part of uh, the Midwest Parahistoric Society, which Drew is in. And uh, we've done some really cool investigations uh, since uh, the fall of last year. Yeah, I was about to say, I was just watched the one where you were at the Olympia Books. Yeah, that was our, well, two investigations ago. I haven't released my video from the most recent one. But yeah, that was a very interesting investigation. Yeah, I noticed the one, the the item on the lamp. That was crazy where the little toy hanging oh, down. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was all uh, those SLS figures yeah. everywhere. Yeah, so what that was, that was a, it was like a little toy airplane thing uh, hanging from a spring all the way, I, I believe it was on this, all the way up to the ceiling or if it was from like a lamp. And uh, I just remember, because we were doing some interviews uh and I hear one of the people from our group, her name was Heather, was like freaking out. And she's like, you guys got to come look at this. And sure enough, we came over there and this thing was like bouncing up and down. And there was no airflow because um, I, I whenever I went over there and, you know, tried to debunk it. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, maybe it's some airflow or so. like someone would literally have to grab this thing for it to like slightly mm -hmm. move like this. And and like you said, that's when uh, Randy from our group pulled out his SLS off his iPad and started popping up with like little figures and stuff so I, you know overall I can't really debunk it it was a very odd uh scenario um but yeah that was a very interesting investigation nonetheless yeah when I was watching it, I was like normally with something on a string if there's an air current it's not going to just 
it, it was like looked like it was swaying and like it was going in circles at first and then when you pulled it it just seemed like it kept bouncing and wouldn't stop that was the weirdest evidence i've seen in a while yeah, and because you would think if it was airflow, it'd be like rocking back and forth, but it was uh-huh. almost just going like up and down, like literally something pulled it. So that's yeah. that's where I was like a little bit confused as to like how that could even happen. Yeah, it was. I thought that was like some of the most compelling stuff that I mean, I'm in a paranormal group. We're all in a paranormal group, so mm-hmm. we we've seen some compelling evidence of ourselves, but normally to capture as long as that went on film. It doesn't usually happen like that. No, no. That's no, really cool. That was definitely one of my most favorite experiences from that investigation. Um, that same investigation, we also, alongside with Drew, I actually was, it was like in the middle of the bookstore. So I was with uh, two other people, like real close by, but my cameraman, Joe, was filming Drew and Drew caught some like grade A, like, uh, EVPs uh, that blew me away. I, I'm sure if you watch the video, um, mm-hmm. you've probably heard those where he was uh, literally had a book, a specific book. And he was like, basically through the, he was telling the, asking the spirits, um, can you name the title of this book? And sure enough, the first book, like you can see it, he's pointing to it. And, and it was the, the title of the book was Russia and clear as day, you can hear it say Russia. And then literally right after that, he grabbed another book and he, this one was more like a little more difficult for the spirits I'm guessing to answer because he wasn't, it wasn't the title. He was pointing to a mythical creature on the book, which was a griffin. And mm-hmm. literally right off the bat, like a few moments later, it literally says griffin, like clear as day. And I remember when he, he called everyone over here and he's like, you guys got to listen to this recording. And and when he played it, like it, 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 oh, I, I couldn't even believe it. Like I've never heard a an EVP that clear in person. It blew me away. It sounded like it was a very intelligent haunt. Oh yeah, um, and I keep in mind this uh, the Olympia bookstore. If you look it up, it, it you know there's some there's like one or two pages about it being haunted. Um, but besides that, you really can't find any information about it. We were trying to, to like find the history and stuff, um, and you really can't find anything. Um, the place is well over a hundred years. Um, the place actually apparently used to be a funeral parlor. Um, cool. So they say, and I don't know if you're watching the video, we went inside the basement, uh, which was ginormous. I mean, that place, you could get lost down there. Um, and there was this one room where it looks like a place where they would store, you could say dead bodies, whether it was a cooler, cooler or whatever. Also, there was like this lift, two lifts in there, where it looks like they would, from the top floor, like send stuff down which essentially could be a, a casket or a coffin. So yeah. it kind of makes sense. Like not that all this stuff is verified it of it being a funeral parlor, but even the owner of the bookstore, like he's, he told us some stories, but even he's not hundred percent sure about like the whole funeral parlor thing. So it's a lot of like stories that are kept under the table, I guess. Hmm. And, Where was uh, that located? That was in Dwajak, Michigan. Oh, uh, okay, Olympia sure. Books, Olympia Books is what it's called. And uh, b- believe it or not, um, I think they've had, was it, we were the, either the first group that's came in there or they maybe had like one other group in that we were the first ones to do this in a long time. Like no one ever asks. And a lot of people think the bookstores actually closed because oh. uh, I guess they, their hours are very weird, but the owners were really friendly. It was like him, his wife, I think his daughter, and they were very friendly. They let us go wherever we want in there. And uh, I believe we were there from like eight or nine o'clock till like two in the morning or something like that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So it, w- it was a very interesting place. Brandon, didn't we have Drew on the show? Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. Well, I, well, it'll be two episodes ago because we'll be airing Tanya's episode. In between yeah. Once yeah. Older, but. He's kind of like that Western <laughs> yeah all, like all the western gear on i think it was a he was smoking a stogie or something wasn't yeah, he yeah. i that's, think that's so. true. Yeah. yeah he or does uh his video on the podcast if he was but yeah he, he was kind of he was kind of far out like he had his whole persona going on right he was su- such a cool laid-back dude yeah. yeah that's why I, I fell in love with him because I you know it just he's a super cool guy and like just yeah. he, he puts himself out there and the way he speaks he it's like dude you should have like a tv show 
but yeah, he does like Civil War reenactments and, and stuff yeah. like that and all his history stuff. And yep. that's where I was like, dude, this dude's cool. I got to do some videos with him. <laughs> he is <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> He's like one of those guys, like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. You know, I'm me. And I don't care what you think. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. But Tommy, you said, you know, you're fairly new to the paranormal field, which... Um, everybody has their start but what actually drew you to it were you did you have an experience before you started or were you just fascinated by the concept of the unknown yeah so that's a good question because um, I never dealt with any paranormal related stuff growing up I grew up in a religious home I do have one story though and I still can remember this vividly because it was so terrifying and I don't know if this is paranormal or if this is just something like I imagined because I was so young, but I remember I was really young and um, it was late at night. I was sleeping and uh, I don't even know how old I was. I had to have been like, gosh, like nine, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just waking up just randomly in the middle of the night and like rolling over and like right in my face, it looks like what appeared to be because I can still like picture this look like a dead corpse like staring me right face to face, like inches away. And I remember just shooting out of bed, running down uh, stairs to my parents' room, getting my mom like freaking out, crying, telling her like, there's a man in my room, there's a man in my room. And she's like, Austin, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I said my real name, but Austin, Tommy, um, you know, I'm sure everything's fine. She's like, I'll go up there with you. And yeah, sure enough, we went in there, turned the lights on, she checked my closet, like you see in the movies and nothing was there. So I don't know if that's paranormal related, but I just, I still remember that vividly to this day because it freaked me out so much. But besides that, no, I've never had any paranormal uh, related occurrences growing up. Um, It was just something I've always kind of been interested in. And I've always really dug cemeteries, Uh, you know, being a horror movie fan and, and just like, I don't know, I love antiques and old stuff. So like, I've always dug cemeteries, old cemeteries. So like when I said I was first starting out, I was just trying to check out old cemeteries and not even to find paranormal stuff essentially, but like just to check them out and look at the graves and stuff. I think it's very peaceful. Um, so I, does that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, to me, talking about seeing somebody, because I grew up seeing spirit. So that's why I'm a, I'm a spiritualist in that way. Um, that to me would trigger paranormal. Because when you came back, there was nothing there. Right, right. I mean, you vividly remember being awake. You don't yeah. remember you waking up. So to me, that's paranormal. It's not like you go, I think I was dreaming. Maybe I wasn't. You know, you go, I don't know if it's paranormal, but I remember being awake, waking up. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. that to me would trigger that first paranormal experience that kind of yeah. gets in you. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, for myself too, I had my first paranormal experience as a, I think it was like you said, Tommy, like nine years old, something like that. It was old enough where I can remember everything about it. So I must have been, I must have been over five or six years old, because I don't think I probably would have remembered it any lesser than that. But like for myself too, I remember it so vividly. I know exactly where I was in what room. I even picture the room. I could look out the window and I saw a apparition in a graveyard, which my grandparents, I was sleeping overnight at my grandparents' house and the front bedroom had this big picture window in the front of it. And you could see clearly, it was crystal clear evening and their house stood directly Um, across the street from the cemetery and sure enough I mean there was tombstones that were pretty high up and you could see the apparition um, right by the tombstone and it stood there what seemed like forever and I kept thinking to myself this isn't real this isn't real this can't be and I kept watching and watching and it just stood there and nothing like it seemed like for five minutes and it was like I kept thinking this got it. This has to be something different than what I think it is. But then it was like, you know, it couldn't be anything different because it is, it was what it was. So that was kind of my first experience. But then as an investigator, 
you run into all these other experiences where, like you said, it kind of blows your mind. Like this is so real that it, there's no other explanation for it. Right. No. Yeah. And I, I have yet to see an apparition in person with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have captured, captured some stuff, um, through the, through the videos, um, where I've caught some almost like, I don't know, and I can't determine whether it's like an orb or dust or possibly an apparition, but I have caught some strange stuff on camera, that's for sure. Um, and then our most recent investigation, which this video should be out soon, I'm, I'm wrapping up the editing and everything, but this was the investigation that like, if you watch my teaser trailer for it, where I, I literally was scared. Like- I was about I to ask what was your most terrifying. <laughs> um, and that probably sounds this like one. that one. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, like I said, I probably, this is my, this will be my 25th, 26th investigation that I've done in the span of like literally since like those three investigations in 2020, which I don't even really count because I was so new and didn't have gear, uh, but literally since last summer. Um, so, and out of all these investigations, this is the one that actually scared me. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk about a little bit about it. But, well, this, where was the location that you were at? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, Drew's video for this is actually out. Um, we did a Masonic Lodge in Pawpaw. I've done a Masonic uh, Lodge. Those things are creepy. Yeah, this one was very interesting. You know, the thing is, when we went in there, when we first walked in there, I, I was like, oh, this place looks cool. There's a lot of, and I, you know, me being an antique lover, I was like, I love all the old stuff in here and stuff, but I just don't really see much happening here. <laughs> and then I guess I was wrong. Um, but yeah, uh, basically, I, I'll just to sum it up. Uh, at the end of the night, we were there till about two in the morning. Um, you know, we got a couple good things before that. Um, but we there was a basement. So you can already see where this is going. Um, so we went down this. It's a little tiny basement there in the lodge. You go through the kitchen and you go down these these kind of like wooden stairs. And this basement, like immediately when I went down there, I got some weird vibes. Um, now I think almost, no, everyone was still there. They were doing their own thing, kind of wrapping things up. But I was like, I, I think everyone else went in the basement, maybe besides Drew. And I was like, we got to go in that basement. I got to check it out. So it was me, uh, one of my cameraman and, uh, uh, our new, one of the new members of our group, uh, Kennedy. So actually this is something else I'll add that actually happened literally almost at the same time or a little bit before. So we go down in there. And I remember we, we tried, we started the session, but the guys upstairs kept like walking above it. So you could hear the footsteps. So I was like, oh man, I can't record, you know, you're hearing all these like footsteps. And so I remember Kennedy ran up there and was like, hey, we're trying to shoot down here. Can you like not walk around this area so we can actually hear better? So we begin the, you know, I was like, this is my last final attempt at trying to communicate with you guys here tonight. And um, so next thing I know, uh, the, Actually, before I say this, there's like there was like this tunnel down there, and apparently I, I come to find out that Danny from our group from uh, Southern Michigan Paranormals, um, he was telling us that that tunnel it's like caved in a little bit, but there's like a whole section like on the right upper part of it that like you can see through. Uh, but I guess that le led to like uh, the other buildings on that same uh, block, so it connects to like the other buildings. But I remember go, going and standing over there and I was like, there, I, I started getting like really bad vibes at that time. Like I felt like something was watching me. So I'm sitting there like, all right, you know, if there's any spirits that, you know, want to make yourselves known for the last time here, we really want you to, you know, communicate with us or give us some sort of sign. So when I, when I said that, uh, there was some tapping. Um, you can hear it yeah. clear as day. It's like a ping. Um, this happened like three times. So it was like in introverts of like three um so that happened which I was like what the heck and then I forgot to mention this um and this is the first time I've ever had this happen to me right in front of me um I know this has happened to Drew but uh Kennedy and this is only her second investigation with us she I, I'm sitting there talking and she starts freaking out and she's like I just got bit and I was like what are you talking about and she's like literally like I felt like something bit me on the leg so I was like okay, this is very odd. I'll get back to the, uh, the biting thing. So that did she happened. actually have marks on her? Yeah, she did. She did. It looks like little teeth mark on her leg, like little, two little oh. teeth marks. Like it's very, it was red. It was red. And she mm. wasn't standing anything. Like 
where she could have like cut herself on something like you can see it in the video like she wasn't even up against anything so I have no idea what the heck that was um but I just knew there was something dark down there so right after that maybe not even five ten minutes later that happened and then I'm sitting there and I, I really get this feeling like something's behind me like I'm facing towards them and the tunnel is behind me and I'm kind of looking back and forth and then all of a sudden you'll see me in the video I I just freak out I move forward and I run into this, like, I don't know what the heck it was, like a bin or something. And, and I think I scared almost the, my cameraman and her more than myself, even though I was freaking out. They like, were like, oh, you know, swearing and stuff. And I was like, dude, I swear I saw like, it would appear to me look like a shadow figure, you know, or like a shadow person. I think you guys know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never witnessed anything like this in my life. Um, and like, like I said, so that top corner, the right corner, there's like a hole that leads through the tunnel and it looked like almost like from like the shoulders up, like something peeking through that hole. And I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I don't really know how to debunk this just because, and I, and I'm not even going to lie. I haven't really looked at the footage yet. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost to that part in my video. So I'm, I'm dying to see what we captured because we have two different angles. Um, but, uh, yeah, it looked like a person, like a black shape of a person now i i don't really know how to debunk this because it could have been like a a shadow that i saw with the lights moving in there of one of but they weren't moving so and i wasn't moving none of us were moving so i don't know how it could be a shadow of one of us but i just know what i saw literally scared like give me chills Mm -hmm. i remember after that like i i didn't want to be in that basement uh right after that we got out of the basement um and we got drew we're like, I told Drew, I was like, dude, you're not going to believe what happened down there. Uh, first of all, Kennedy got bit. So yeah, she, she removed, it was on her thigh. She, we took a picture of it. You yeah, could see it. Um, and then, so Drew came down there with us and he's like, I, okay, I got to check this basement out. And um, so he came down there and I think he shot something on his phone, but you could see how scared I was because we went back down there and I, I literally didn't want to go back down there at all. And Sure enough, we were looking at there, and then Kennedy claims to see that she saw that w- what appears to be the same thing I was describing. And after that, we just all were like, "Okay, this is this is not good." Like whatever we were like experiencing or like seeing, like it, it just didn't feel right. And like I said, I've never been so scared in my life. <laughs> and like I said, I've been to so many investigations and I've seen uh, so many weird things happening, but I have never like actually physically like been scared that bad. And I remember, I'll also add that when we went down there the second time with Drew, just to show him, like, um, I had this, like, weird urge where I felt like I wanted to cry. I don't know if you guys have mm. ever had that on any investigation, but I felt like crying. And I, I think it, it, it might be in Drew's video that in his one clip that he was doing, or I don't know if it was in ours, but you can hear me saying it. Like, I was like, I was telling Kenny, I was like, I feel like I'm going to cry. And I, I, I don't know why. It just came out of nowhere. It was just very odd. Mm. The whole situation was so odd. See, with mine, I did, um, actually, it was kind of Masonic, it was the Elks Lodge, but they did rituals, they had a ritual room, uh-huh. so that's why I was asked if it, you got more evidence, it sounds like it was more evidence in the basement, because we got more evidence in the ritual room than any place else, and yeah. I mean, those places are off the hook with activity, I mean, when you, when you say the ritual room, is that like where they help? Uh, hold the meetings is that what you're talking about yeah it's what like for the elves the, they would hold the meetings but the weirdest part i've been in elk lodges before but this particular one i was in literally had like or er, er, north south east west mapped out they had elements like it was more like a satanic cult than an elk's lodge to me when i was in there <laughs> okay. it was creepy <laughs> I mean, the fact that there was, uh, I even discovered, and the worst part was, was every time I went into the room, they know, spirits know about me, my gifts and my abilities. They don't, certain things, they don't like me. Every time I went in that room, they tried to make me physically ill. Mm. They didn't want me in there. And because I was finding things that I'm like, are we sure this is an elk's lodge? Because there's like... (laughs) There's something else going on here because I was, I actually found a pentacle hidden in the corner. I was like, why is there a pentagram? Actually, a pentagram upside down. I was like, why is there a pentagram in here? This is not an elk's lodge, if you ask me. 
I've well, never, would, I've never seen sense. that before. I'm going to say it would make sense to use something else as like a cover for some other type of activity. Right. You know? <laughs> oh, we're just Good the elf and <laughs> Well, I mean, even with Masonic, else, you know? I mean, yeah. you've been, you being in the building with the Masonic, you know, they have like sacred rituals they mm. won't even tell the public about. Yeah. yeah. And there's certain areas that they tell you to be careful of. Don't go or don't go mess around too much. So. Yeah, uh, Danny from our group, once again, uh, Southern Michigan Paranormals, um, he's actually a Mason. Um, and what he did, which we did have some activity actually in the, where they held the meetings. Uh, there was some decent activity there. We had a, we had another really good EDP. Um, we had something, the music box go off like never before. I've never seen it in my life. And I've been using that thing since last summer. But um, yeah, that that in that uh, basically what he did since, you know, like I said, he's a he's, he's a Mason. Um, so he basically opened up basically like how they open up their meetings, but he didn't finish it uh, because, you know, they can't do that with how they, you know, that's a th that's their thing. But he simulated uh, basically opening up the lodge. And that's when we got that EVP and stuff. So I think that definitely uh, kind of stirred up some things definitely through the rest of the night. Now, whether the, the thing in the basement is related to like the brothers that apparently were there, I don't know. Or if it's a, something else, it's way more darker. I, I don't really know. I couldn't tell you because um, we went in that almost essentially blindfolded because it's like, uh, they didn't really give us much history about the place. We didn't know who we were really speaking to. We did get a name in the EVP, but besides that, like we didn't know who was there, like involved and or anything like that. So it was kind of cool in a sense because you're just kind of all right. We'll see what we can get and see what names we can get and just go with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I don't know on the like the history of Paw Paw, but I know, like a lot of places, you know, like in Michigan, even like in West Michigan, because like a lot of times it's like you know like the the mobsters in chicago during prohibition would come up here and like do stuff up here like capone would be in like west michigan like a lot so that's why i kind of wonder if it's like a lot of the towns and the different ones would have different tunnels under like different places we even you know like investigated and stuff like that like where the probe you know the mobsters would run you know stuff underground between different locations and stuff so that's why i kind of wonder if maybe could have some connection to that possibly oh yeah we actually did um not too long ago, we did uh, the historic Hotel Nichols, and there was some prohibition uh, stuff going on there that they were telling us about. Um, there was like a trap door secret. I, she, she like pulled up this rug and was she's like, yeah, this is where they like smuggled the, the alcohol and stuff through the prohibition. And like literally, it's like a little trap door goes underneath the hotel. That was really interesting. Hmm. Um, but that's funny you're talking about Al Capone, though, because I was looking about doing, I don't know if you guys ever heard of uh, Purgatory. Um, this is a, a parent um al capone hideout it's like abandoned ruins it's out in the middle of the woods if you ever get a chance look it up it's just look up al capone purgatory michigan that's not the town it's what they call this location but yeah. um apparently some weird stuff goes on there uh not even paranormal related uh there is paranormal stuff that happens there apparently but like some weird cult stuff and like i don't know just bad things about this place but i was trying to go there uh the end of last summer um, I never got around to it, but I do plan on going there this summer. So it's a definitely, if you look it up, um, and it, it doesn't 100% prove that it's Al Capone's hideout, but there's a lot of thing that points, that's like the theory that it was, because uh, I guess there was a house nearby there where Al Capone uh, had a, a boxing ring for one of these boxers. Um, if you read like an article about it, it tells about it. But yeah, that, that was a very interesting location that I've been looking into for a minute now. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know with that, like here in Ohio, we have some areas that are mobster run. I mean, with with, do you think the house might have even been a safe haven for him? Yeah. Well, it's the thing is the it's like there's it's like a bunker, like part of it because mm -hmm. it's all kind of ruins. There's one part that's a bunker that goes kind of like a little bit underground. If you look at some of the pictures, it's actually I think a guy on youtube did a video there just kind of i don't think he was doing paranormal stuff he was just during the day just like showing what it looks like but yeah it was like a just random parts of buildings and stuff like right randomly in the woods it's really really cool like so if you're into like abandoned ex exploring kind of stuff or exploitation kind of stuff mm -hmm. it's definitely 
definitely something to check out. And that's like, a, that's the other thing I wanted to do this year was more like abandoned exploring kind of stuff, even See, despite I'm, the paranormal stuff. Uh, so I with a lot of the, like your, when I, your older, your like your original videos, you're starting out like Munchkin land. And I'm one of those, I personally don't go in cemeteries because I have such a respect for the dead, the dead bodies. I actually am terrified. I'm not really terrified, but I don't <laughs> like to walk on bodies. I'm when I'll walk through a cemetery apologizing if I think I stepped on somebody. <laughs> oh, I do the same thing. I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But um, the, like, I, I thought it was pretty it fascinating so with uh, your fascination. Other than finding them peaceful, do you find um, certain ones are more paranormally active than others in the older section compared to the newer sections? Yes and no. Um, obviously when I go to these cemeteries, I'm like, the first thing I want to check out is the older section. Don't get me wrong mm -hmm. because I like the older stuff. Um, but I don't think that's ne necessarily the case. Um, it just really depends on who's trying to communicate with you that night. Um, oh. so you could have Joe Bob in the newer section, um, you know, being really chatty on the spirit box. And then you could go over here and talk to Suzanne in the old section and she doesn't really get much. It just really, and this is what I tell everyone. It's like, you could go to the same location like seven days a week, every day. And you're going to get different responses or activity every single night. It's never going to be the same. So it just really kind of the luck of the draw. It's almost like what I call paranormal investigating is essentially just gambling because mm -hmm one night you, you might have some crazy stuff going on and then the next night just not really that much so the way I look at it yes I prefer the older stuff that's because that's just me but I've had some great responses and some crazy stuff happen with like the newer uh headstones and stuff like that I I, I feel like because you like the older stuff just kind of like me you're you like that history oh yeah for I, sure. I mean I'm a student of history in that way because uh, I would prefer spending time in an old house and seeing what that old house would say to me. Yeah. And, and that's why I love, once again, Drew, um, in our group. Um, I, I've always been in history. I always got good grades in history and always, uh, I've always been a big fan. And, you know, when I first started out with the, the, my videos, you know, I would explain a little bit about more so like the paranormal stories or like the myths and urban legends about like what kind of happened at that location. Um, but it wasn't until I started doing videos with Drew, um, even before we started the group, essentially, um, where we, you know, I started talking about more so like the history of like when the cemetery was established or who was buried there. And, and then, uh, yeah, like once I started joining the group, that, that's when we've been nailing down. That's our thing is, you know, like we go to these locations and we're talking about, you know, when the place was established, who was involved, who was married to who. Uh, when they died in there, when they were born in there, et cetera, et cetera. Because I think it's more interesting going to a location as far as paranormal investigating goes when you actually know what happened. You can get better responses and better results knowing beforehand like what exactly happened and who was there rather than just going in with not knowing anything. Mm -hmm. That's what I, that's what I, I mean. Other people might have uh, different opinions, but honestly, I, I, I don't think you can I don't think you can go wrong with with that. <laughs> See, I'm one of those. I have a philosophy. There's no wrong way to investigate as long as you're willing to explore. Well, yeah, no, exactly. And like I said, like I started off not doing that kind of stuff, but I, I find it's a lot more. I get a lot better results knowing when I'm, you know, like let's say you're doing a spirit box session and you're like, you know, like uh, Joe Bob's, you know, buried here and. You know, mm -hmm. like, hey, this is how Joe Bob died or, you know, he's related to this. How you can talk like, is, is Joe Bob here? Is, or is your sister here? You know, I feel like you get better results that way. But you can also, you know, you don't have to know the history about a place to get activity. Um, it's just more interesting to me when you can get like some really cool results and be like, you know, you did your history about the location and then you're getting those responses and you know why, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. you can, there's like a connection, I guess. So I'm sorry, I might have missed it. I, I lost power there for a second. I was gone for a minute. You're probably like, what happened? But um, uh, what was I going to? Oh, do you ever take uh, mediums along with you on your investigations? Um, I've OK, so I've had a medium. 
I actually, this is something I didn't point out. I do live stream interviews on my YouTube channel. Um, okay. So I've had some pretty interesting people. Um, I just finished watching earlier today the Nico one. Oh, oh my Nico lord, that was an amazing interview. He's. I actually, while he was while you were interviewing him, I googled the Thailand hell garden he talked about. Mm -hmm. Those were, I mean, I can see how that kind of traumatized him. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> young age. I like I said, I've had some interesting people. Nico Klo being probably one of the most interesting ones I've had. Uh, if you don't know who Nico Klo is, um, this guy is a cannibal, uh, essentially serial killer, right? Um, he's from Paris, France. Um, Jake Weber, the YouTuber, did a three-part series uh, video series with him. Uh, he went over to Paris um, and met up with him. That's how I kind of discovered him. Um, I got in contact with him and he was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'd love to join your live stream. So yeah, I interviewed him. This dude, I won't get into a, a bunch about it, but if you ever check out Nico Klo, uh, the also known as the Vampire of Paris, um, this dude has done some very, very interesting stuff uh, nonetheless. So definitely check him out. Or you can watch my interview with him on my channel and it'll explain a lot of things. Um, but yeah, as far as what uh, Kim was saying about the, the medium stuff, I have had a medium on one of my live stream interviews, uh, uh, Carly the medium. Um, she was awesome. She, uh, she actually helped out a, I think it was a missing persons case uh, with her ability. Uh, she was explaining this to me a little bit um, and it was really fascinating. Um, but as far as having a medium on an investigation, scratching. I um we recently we um got this girl um that joined the team that you know she apparently has some medium kind of psychicish abilities. Um, so I'm I guess steal that term now, psychicish. Sidekickish. Uh, I'm not really sure because uh, I've only done two investigations with her now and usually she she's really good friends with randy in our group so she usually sticks with him so i haven't really seen too much of what she can do so yes ish kind of yeah to answer your question but i have spoken to mediums and i would love to get carly um to come on investigation she lives in wisconsin um so I, I we we've been uh you know talking about uh having her come to investigation which i think would be super cool yeah, that would be cool. You said the medium lives in Wisconsin? Yeah, she does. She's around my oh. age too. She's fairly young, um, but she's uh, actually one of my friends uh, met her at a uh, convention, like a paranormal horror convention. I think Drew was at the same one. And she was like, you should, here's a bunch of uh, business cards I got. You should interview some of these people. So I looked at, there's a bunch of paranormal teams. And as soon as I saw Carly the medium, I was like, that was the first one I like hit up because I was like, I've always been down to talk to a medium and see what they have to say. So mm -hmm. yeah, she was really cool, really cool. Had a lot of great things to say and interesting stuff that she's done and experienced uh, with her abilities. Well, now you I got one that. right next to you too. <laughs> right oh, next okay. to you on the screen. Tanya, Tanya has a lot medium. of special gifts. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. I call myself a spiritualist because with mediumship, you actually can start with one thing and develop and become more. So um, first thing I started out with was seeing and communicating with spirit. I saw spirit ever since I was young. So <laughs> I don't really like to call myself a medium sometimes. I don't because of that. There's a some people have a misconception about mediumship sometimes because they think it's psychic. Mm -hmm. right and right, yeah. psychics and mediums they hear the word psychic or even they hear medium they compare it to psychic and go oh you can tell me my future um, technically nobody can tell you your future because you can make a decision today that affects you tomorrow so <laughs> but yeah i can see and communicate with spirit i keep seeing something moving in that back mirror of yours too i'm trying not to pay attention to it yes that's actually funny you say that because I've been on a couple live streams and people have pointed out seeing stuff uh, in that mirror. There's a and shadow that keeps walking by and I'm like, try not to watch, but I can't help it. 
Yeah, and that, that, that's really funny you say that because I did actually just did a live stream about a week ago where I did an overnight Ouija board session live stream. I watched some of that and I had to walk away from it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that was a weird night. Um, I had a couple people from our group, you know, basically essentially what it was, was the first part of the live stream was like maybe, I, think, I don't know, it was like two or three hours of us kind of, you know, doing some Ouija board sessions and we had some of our gear out. Um, so we kind of investigated a little bit. And then the, the, the last half was they left. I went in my bedroom and my place is small, right? So you hear a lot of things like really loud. If there's like a loud noise or any kind of noise, I can hear stuff. Um, so the last part of the night, I just left my cameras rolling. I had my laptop facing the living room behind me. And then I had Kennedy's phone in the kitchen. So I had two different angles because I've had a lot of weird stuff happen in this kitchen. Um, which is really funny because two times in one week, and it was, and this is really weird because Kennedy was over here both times we were sitting here and we were actually just got off a live stream with our group and we weren't live, but we were chatting and me and Kennedy were sitting on the couch while we we're talking to him. And all of a sudden you hear this loud bang and we jump up and we're like, what the hell was that? And this, I had this like Miller high life champagne bottle it's like I was like a limited edition bottle from a few years ago and this thing just fell off randomly and this happened like in that same week like a couple days prior when Kennedy was here we heard it fall and so after that I was like all right we got to do this you know we got to do this stream and uh, I've heard some weird noises I have one clip actually from that it was like a nine hour live stream so I mean it's a lot to go through but it was in the mm. middle of the night I was still I was watching this as it happened um me and randy actually um you hear this weird noise i can't even explain it it sounds like this screeching noise like almost like a like an animal and then like this like almost kind of like whispering kind of like i don't even i, I can't even thought it was metallic it. yeah did you actually hear that yeah i thought it sounded very metallic almost like um i would say it, it made me think of uh like an like an old metal bed, you know, back in the day, scraping across the floor almost. Yeah, and, and there, there's nothing. Like I've never fr- a metal I've, frame. Yeah, I've ne- and I don't ever hear any noises like that ever. No, I caught it. I was like, when I was watching, I was like, holy what? And I actually yeah. went back and re-listened, and I was like, that sounds like somebody scraping that old those old metal frame beds across the floor. Hmm. It was super bizarre. Like, I mean, I remember hearing it and I was like, what the actual hell was that? <laughs> I was like, I, that's a first one for me. So yeah, we got, it wasn't too crazy during that uh, live stream investigation. That was the first one I've ever done of that kind of thing. And I think it's still, we got some weird stuff. I remember Randy, uh, we did an Estes method and he, some mm-hmm. of the stuff he was saying was like spot on what we were mm-hmm. asking. Like it was very bizarre. Well, I thought- so, when your camera turned orange pretty early. Um, oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it almost reminded me of when I was at Mansfield Reformatory here for my first ever investigation. Um, I That was when digital cameras were first becoming such a big thing. And at Mansfield in March, it always comes back in March, Your digi- they will get digital cam- pictures that'll turn red. And I mean, there is no way to turn a digital camera red. Right, and right. that's what it reminded me of. And I had a thought process about that because Mansfield being an old facility, I had a feeling that because of how cold it was, they were very upset. They were very angry. They were making their presence known in the red. So when, now this is only what I took from it when I was watching it. When the blonde girl, I don't know her name. I'm Heather, sorry, Heather. Heather. Yeah. She was when she started trying to call a family member while you were in the middle of the session. I think pissed something off. Okay. Yeah, I would have to go back and rewatch. Yeah, because I remember. I, I remember here watching because I was watching your the feeds and everything and telling people telling be careful, be careful. And I remember, like right after almost she goes she's trying to ask for somebody's father or her father-in-law or something like that she's trying to call ask somebody to come through while she was in the middle of the current session 
And I was like, and that's when the almost the one name we will not mention came through. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she pissed. I think she pissed something off. And right. then it wasn't long after that that the camera turned orange. And I've I've done so many live streams and stuff now, um, and I've never had that happen. Not once where like the background changes like the color like that to like a bright red. That's never happened. So I was yeah. like, what the heck is going on? And, it wasn't, and I wasn't it, the first one to notice it. People were watching. They're like, dude, your background is like getting really bright and like red. I was like, what? It was almost like something. Somebody put like an orange film like like this over it and it just covered everything and it looked like an orangish yellow red it was yeah. really weird yeah I couldn't explain that one that was the first one for me and I was like I don't look at me I, I wasn't touching it or nothing I don't even know what the heck was going on <laughs> so yeah that was definitely very bizarre um but yeah I did want to backtrack a little bit to uh so it was like the most recent case where you felt like almost like the sensation of crying yeah yeah yeah, because that's I think you're probably starting to develop some empathic abilities. Because for me, like when I started investigating, I was doing it purely from the scientific. Like I didn't feel things, I didn't, you know, but as more of I've done it, the more things have opened up for me. So I think that could be starting to happening for you too, where you might be starting to develop some abilities from like now that you're like receptive to it and open to investigating it, that it might, you know, between the two realms, you might be being able to better connect with it on that level. That could be a good thing and that could be a bad thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what I'm just, I'm just giving you a heads up on it. That's what I've experienced, you know, as an investigator. No, and that definitely makes sense because, you know, like I said, on the past investigations, you know, I felt like a little bit weird, like, you know, there's some, something weird going on here, but I've never felt that strong of like a, a connection with like whatever that was. So it had to have been something either like what you were saying or just a strong presence that literally made themselves known even through like physical, like my, like in my head and everything. Cause I felt like just like, I wanted to just cry. And, yeah. and I, and I'll be honest, like, I don't, I never cry in person really like hardly ever. So for that to do that was very bizarre. And that's what was, I think weirded me out too, was like, I, I never like want to cry. So like, what is going on here <laughs> kind of thing, you know? You've experienced that, haven't you, Brandon? Like from where you started to where you are now, you feel yeah more yeah. things. It's, like, it's totally different, like doing investigations for me from like now as opposed to when I first started. Mm -hmm. When I first started, I was like taps. You know, you're going in there trying to do everything. You know, under a scientific method. Didn't really have any like. I mean, I had experiences when I was a kid and stuff like that. I can see things from time to time, or like you know. But the more I got into, it, I was able to start seeing apparitions I've actually was able to hear EVPs as they happen like we'd be sitting like the six people all sit by each other I would hear it nobody else would hear it like you guys didn't hear that <laughs> let me play yeah. the recorders back and it's on the recorder but nobody else would hear it and stuff like that too no that's 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 interesting because yeah uh, so I've I've had that too, where I've like I've listened to EVPs and like most people couldn't hear it and then I'm like oh I heard that or like even through the spirit box uh, I know that yeah. some of those are touchy depending, depending on which one you use whether it's like an SB7 or something like that but a lot of the times like I'll, I'll like hear a word and I'll be like yeah I heard that and everyone else is like what are you talking about I never heard that and I'll be like I'll go in post-production like yeah I knew I heard that word yeah. like I don't know I can just like hear stuff better than other people when, yeah when the, in those situations sometimes it's it's yeah. really weird it's funny. I'm usually the one that I can't hear them through the boxes, usually. And if I hear it through the box, that's usually I have my team, the team around me were like, yeah, we heard that too. Because I, since I'm so sensitive to the other side, I don't need it. And that's why I'll tell people all the time. It's like, I didn't catch that. And then they'll play it back for me later and I'll hear it then. Mm -hmm. But it usually takes that later. Because when I'm in the environment, I'm trying to do what I'm supposed to be doing. And, but I've been called many colorful names through those boxes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. That's funny, Tommy, that um, when, I, when I got back on that you mentioned Danny from mm -hmm. SMP. Um, that's kind of where I started out in, in that group, that same group. 
Yeah, they've been Southern. around for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of started out there, God, I don't know, maybe five years, five, six years ago. I started it um, when I first started investigating. I was with Danny in that group. Did you know Shane Feek as well? Uh-uh. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's more newer. I don't. I, I've done uh, one investigation with him. He's a very smart guy. Um, and then I had him and uh, Danny on for a live stream. But I was I was curious if you knew Shane. No, I don't think so. But yeah, I guess he's had, uh, my gosh, Danny said he's had like, I forget how many people used to be in the group. And he's like, I don't yeah. know why I had that many people in the group. Because <laughs> he's like, it was, a, yeah. it was a little too much to handle sometimes. Yeah. So, so how many people are in the group now? <laughs> um basically it's basically just him and shane um as far as when they do investigations because a lot of okay. the other people they're still in there but i guess a lot of them are just busy or whatever but sure. generally it's a lot of, it's just him and shane that usually go on and do stuff as far as i know okay well that's interesting but i mean danny does stuff with our group too mm-hmm. um more so like he'll do his smp stuff yeah then he'll go on investigations with us kind of like observe and he'll do some uh He'll do a little bit investigating himself, but he's kind of like more of a mentor and helps us get into locations because he's been doing it for so long. But I, yeah, he's a great guy, a real great guy. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun investigations together. Listening, I mean, it seems like you guys up in Michigan have more of that paranormal community where you yeah. go and help each other out if you need to. Um, where here in Ohio, I hate to say it, but it seems like most of the teams are for themselves. Uh, Me and uh, our team and another team are kind of branching out and trying to build that community that will work together and help each other out. But uh, I kind of want that. I'm kind of jealous. You're very right. Um, I know a lot of great uh, YouTubers uh, as far as like paranormal stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. So many great people. We have so many great uh, Facebook pages. We're like, you know, everyone come in there and share their videos and everyone supports each other and subscribes. And yeah, like I, I, there's so many great uh, paranormal investigators and YouTubers here in Michigan. I've met so many friends and some just great people. Uh, like mm-hmm. I was telling uh, Brandon, uh, Ben, you had on here, I guess once or maybe a couple of times mm-hmm. from afterlife yeah. road. Um, oh, Ben's, ben Goldman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a great guy. Um, yeah. Me and him recently became really good friends. Uh, I've always watched his videos, but I had him on for a live stream recently and I was on his and yeah, they do nothing but great stuff. So as far as Michigan paranormal investigators, you know, we stick together and there's a lot of great teams out there. When I mean, Ben starts talking, it's like, I am all ears. He's got the best stories. I kid you not. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it really is great to hear that though it really is great (laughs) to hear that like i said it's sad here in ohio because we've you know we we have a lot of paranormal uh, teams and Mm -hmm. we meet at parapsychon usually every year at that mansfield reformatory but then and we'll mingle but that's where it seems to end yeah and it's like well sometimes you guys like so your case some people can't show up reach out to another team hey we've got this investigation can you help us out it seems like like you guys have that figured out and i'll give you guys that credit yeah hey brandon whatever happened to that para unity um grasp is still doing that okay you know we had we have uh lst3 or not the lst we did one event the lst393 which is a mm-hmm. World War II transport ship, like a couple of years ago. And they have like the SS City of Milwaukee, which is uh, was an old cargo ship. We've had like we get together, get a bunch of teams together, and then kind of mm-hmm. like investigate at the end of the day. That's like a huge blast. Because that's one of the things that they wanted Grass wants to do is to basically yeah. like like it was Tanya was talking about is to have it where all these different groups can all network, where we can share team members and we can kind of do kind of you know operate in that type of a manner yeah so grasp is when brandon says that they're a um, paranormal team out of grand haven michigan um they've been around forever i i couldn't tell you what it stands for do you know brandon off the top of your head i can't remember it exactly so i might it's like gathering research and 
something a paranormal phenomenon something yeah something a, along that but i can't i can't remember what exactly each letter it's close yep. to that but i'm no some of it, i don't remember what each letter is but <laughs> i've never yeah. heard of them i'll have to check them out yeah they're a really yeah. cool team i've done quite a few done a few investigations with kind of members of their team and like done bigfoot investigations up in the up with them and stuff like that yep it's g r a how g r a s p p s p p yeah so i saw on the latest interview you did tommy you were advertising for a ghost rama or ghost rama yeah yeah um could you tell me a little bit more about that yeah, so I'm really excited about this. Um, actually, once again, I'll bring up Danny again from Southern Michigan Paranormals. Um, Danny uh, organized this event with uh, one other guy. I'm not sure the guy's name. So basically what this is, which Brandon, you're invited to this. So, um, and anyone here in Michigan, um, or even one, anyone that wants to travel. So everyone's invited. Uh, it's more likely probably people in Michigan that are live closer, but anyone can come yeah. to this. Uh, but it is essentially a paranormal meet and greet um, it's a, a convention. So, uh, you know, we're going to have all these paranormal YouTubers or just paranormal teams. You can have set up your own booth. Um, I'm pretty sure, quote me if I'm wrong. I mean, well, I can link you guys the, the Facebook page for it and the, the event for it. But um, I think if you're a paranormal group, you can get in for free or if not, it's like 35 bucks to set up your own booth you can sell your merch. Um, you can go, you know, gather around, meet and greet other uh, investigators and stuff. They're going to have, um, what is it? Uh, you know, like a, a car show. So I think it's like old cars. They're going to have like Ghostbuster vehicles. I think the Ghostbusters Coalition is going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to have like oddity stuff, uh, horror memorabilia. Uh, they got food trucks. I think they got a, a Danny actually showed me, they got a really cool like punk horror, horror punk band coming all the way from Louisiana to play at this. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's free to get in. Um, and this is actually at the Van uh, Buren County Poorhouse Museum, which is a haunted location. So throughout the day, you can go inside this museum for five bucks, take a tour. And then I think this event is from, gosh, what is it? One to 7 p.m., I want to say. And then from seven or and then there's like a two hour break at the end of the night. And then from nine to 11, there's a ghost tour. And I believe it's twenty dollars uh, to do a flashlight ghost tour um so yeah it's a super cool event i'm really excited i invited a lot of people to this i know our group our group is going to be there midwest Parahistoric society we'll have our own booth so if you want to come you know say hello to us we'll be there so anyone like anyone's invited to this if you love anything paranormal or you should definitely come check this event out um it's, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun That's what august. was it what was the date on that I gotta it's write uh that. august 20th uh oh, this okay. year so not Oh, no, I won't be around. Yeah, I would definitely like to make it. Um, so we definitely want to do some, like, you know, podcasts on the road kind of a thing, like on location kind of a thing. Oh, yeah, we welcome – I think I, I invited actually two uh, podcast uh, groups that I, I watch or listen to on there. So they, we have podcast people coming to this as well. So okay. definitely definitely come out. We'd love to see you. I think it would be a lot yeah. – like I said, it should be a lot of fun. The, the I just got to see if I can get back-to-back Saturdays off because I'm manager at my work. Sometimes it's, I got the next week. Is it on a Saturday? I believe so. I have to double check. Mm-hmm. It I, know, like, I know like the next week's Michigan Paracon. So I know yeah, I already got that is. one taken off. So yeah. So sometimes I, back-to-back I, I, I wanted to go to that. Is that, is that that's next weekend? It's the weekend. At, it'd be the like the last weekend in August is Michigan Paracon. So oh, like I thought you were saying it's next weekend. I was like, no, man, I didn't know it was that soon. No, no, I was talking about the weekend after that event. So trying to get yeah, two Saturdays off might be a little bit of a challenge for me, but I'll, I'm definitely going to try to see if I can do it. See, my team that I, I actually am an investigator on is out of Toledo. <laughs> so okay. I drive like two hours to be with them and investigate because, uh, like I said, it's not very much of community, but I've known the lead investigator for like over 20 years so we've been friends forever and uh i'll have to let him know because we like to take uh field trips and see what other places have and trying to branch out our team to kind of have more of that community feel yeah. try maybe maybe try to get it interstate 
I think it'd definitely be worth it. I, I, I mean, you would meet a lot of cool people and, you know, exchange business cards and, you know, mm -hmm. get YouTube channels or whatever, you know, it's a good way to get yourself, you know, your team out there and like, you know, like this is who we are, you know, mm -hmm. explain yourself and just, just make some new friends really. Well, I know with us, we like to talk to other teams to get, cause certain teams like to investigate differently and they like, they do different things. And start, we've interacted with teams that if they have something negative, they don't want to deal with it. Uh, we actually will take care of it. We'll get rid of it if we can, you know, it's, so it's like, we'd like to learn from other people because you guys might have a technique that we never even thought of or yeah. vice versa. Oh, no, for sure. And I, I, that's why I love watching so many paranormal groups on YouTube and different people, because every parent, like you said, every paranormal team does their kind of their own thing. And it's like, I've never seen that before. Like I learned uh, a technique that I've been still trying to do. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. It's called like, I think it's the three Kings. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. I may have. Um, I believe it's called Three Kings. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. But basically what it is, I'll just explain it, is uh, someone is between two mirrors. So we have the person in the middle and there's a mirror on the right side and a mirror on the left side. And they're doing an Estes method. Um, and apparently, because, you know, if you have two mirrors parallel with each other, it's essentially right. supposed to be like a portal that portal. shoots across. Yep. So mm -hmm. this is, I don't know, I've seen some teams do this method and it seems to be crazy. So that, that was one that I just thought of the top of my head that I've been See, trying to do. I've heard of that but I've heard of it with windows. Windows, really? Windows across each other because the spirit, spirit can see through it so they'll walk through it so they can walk through your house. If, if that's why they would, the old wives tale is if you have windows across each other, always keep one of the windows, the blinds closed. That makes so sense too though because it's essentially still like a reflection, mm -hmm. just like a mirror. So I guess that could make sense. I've, I've just never heard of that. Usually it's just with mirrors, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we I did an investigation where the person literally in it, the negative stuff that was trapped in the house was just absolutely crazy. And it was an interesting investigation. <laughs> hmm. Have you ever heard your own voice come through the boxes? No, but no. Um, I have heard a, I was there's two two times I've heard some weird stuff like I was at this one little cemetery right by my house and I heard it was a little kid there was like a, almost like a family plot it was all the kids that died were buried here and I, and one of the kids name was Johnny and it literally sounded like a little kid that like all the other voices were normal and it was like Johnny and I was like <laughs> what um, that was really odd and then recently at that Hotel Nichols investigation this one weirded me out because me, both of my cameraman looked up and were like, was that really just his voice? Um, I hear I go bringing up Danny again. Um, it literally, it went, hey oh, and it was identically Danny's voice. Like, I thought, I was like, Danny, are you on like the radio or something? But I went up down there and told him and I was like, he was like, what? And yeah, like literally, I, I knew for a fact it was Danny's voice. But I've never had it where it was my voice, but I've had it where it was someone else's, like, where yeah. I was like, yeah, this is clearly. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time. I think if I hear my voice, I will probably be severely weirded out. That'll definitely weird me out. I will, I will tell you, it is an experience when you hear it for the first time. Uh, I actually literally just heard it for the first time for my own voice on an investigation a few weeks ago. And I'm like, I've never heard my voice come through these things, but when we were there, all of the members of the team's voice came through. That's weird. Wow. Well, we're we're actually getting close, aren't we, Brandon? Yeah, we should be wrapping up. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> we've got <laughs> kind of a, a time, time for if anybody's got like kind of a last thing to say. I did want to add though that uh, for the Van Buren uh, poor, was it the poor house or whatever, uh, mm. that one Darren from Lakeshore Paranormal. If anybody's interested in possibly going to the vet and kind of want to see some of the paranormal activity. I know he's done investigations there and he's got videos out from that location. Yeah, didn't he do got one a lot with, of activity uh, out of there? Michigander man, I believe. Yeah, I know he went there, before, went there. I believe with Michigander man. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think I watched that one because I was like, yeah, yeah, dude, we're actually, and that's when I invited, I was like, dude, you did a video here. We're having an event here. So yeah, yeah that, that's that that's really cool. Yeah. I myself have never been there. I know our group is looking at doing one. Um, before that event actually having an investigation there beforehand so yeah that's one of those spots i'm trying to 
hopefully me and Darren, Michigan Enderman, we're talking about maybe trying to get in there again sometime. So maybe we can all work something out maybe. Yeah, that'd be super so, dope. I'd be down. So Tommy, can you share with everyone one more time where they can find you, your videos, that <laughs> yeah. sort of thing? Yeah. So like I said, you can find me, uh, you know, definitely on YouTube, Tommy amongst with the ST, not among amongst. Okay. The tombstone. That's where I kept getting um, tripped up because when I was looking other, for, I kept putting among. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not yeah. finding yeah. Among people. That's yeah. close to it. It'd bring me some other channel. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're not the other ones that don't feel so yeah. bad. Um, yeah, Tommy Amongst the Tombstones on YouTube. You can also find me on Facebook, same thing, Tommy Amongst the Tombstones. Okay. You can also find me on Instagram, Tommy underscore, underscore sorry, Tombstone. Um, I'm very active on Instagram, and I just recently uh, made my Facebook page, and I'm pretty active on there, too. So I try to you know keep up with everyone with the live streams we got going on, the videos, and what the group's doing. Um, and then, yeah, I do have a TikTok, but I'm not a huge TikTok fan, so I haven't posted on there a while. But if you want to follow me on TikTok, I believe it's Tommy.Tombstone. And okay. that's basically my social media stuff, how to get in hold of me or contact with me or watch my content. Okay, that's perfect. And for us, we're pretty much on Facebook under Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. So yeah. that's where you can find our videos. Yeah, and you can find it too on Jose Paranormal History Productions, spelled H-O-E-Z-E-E. -E -E. Um, that's my YouTube page, but that has all the, that's the YouTube home of the Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters podcast. Yep. And I actually noticed the other day by Googling us, we are on iHeartRadio. Yeah, we're on a yep. bunch of the different uh, Apple mm -hmm. podcasts, and I know like uh, to the site Audacity like that shares it out to a bunch of different uh, podcast sites as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, good. Thank you, Tommy, for joining us. It was really great having you. A lot of good stories. And hopefully we can see you again in the future. Oh, yeah. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And yeah, you haven't seen the last of me. We got some great investigations coming up here soon. So good. Yeah, we'll good. hopefully get you back on maybe this this summer. Right, Brandon? Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Maybe this yeah. summer. Uh -huh. okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many uh, people usually have on here, but it'd be cool to have a couple more people from our group all come on here. And yeah, that'd be cool. About investigating. Be totally. so. Yeah, with the speaker mode, it works out good. So we can have more people on. So yeah. if you ever want to get, yeah, we can have more people from your group and get Drew on. Unfortunately, he had something come up, so he wasn't able to, to join us tonight. But yeah. Well, thank you again. Goodbye, everybody. Good Bye. show. Bye. Take it easy. Yeah. Family-owned Formal Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Podcast, located at 901 Nissan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media.